Hey guys, I'm your host Curtis and today we're going to be talking about Hollywood and movies. And I know Hollywood is as far as you can get from here, but it all started on a little tobacco farm not far from Smithfield with a little girl named Ava Gardner. Welcome to the show, everybody. Whether this is your first time here or you're here every single week, I'm glad to have you. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Ava Gardner. And this is actually a listener suggestion, and it was sent in by Rip from Smithfield. And no, you're not mishearing that. His name, or the name he's using, is Rip. And I'm not going to divulge his last name on here, but uh, his last name is just as badass as his first name. And so, Rip from Smithfield, thank you for the suggestion. Now, if during this episode, any of you are are thinking, man, I I know something cool from North Carolina and I would love to suggest it, you can do that by hitting the contact tab at www.thenceverythingpodcast.com. All right. For some of my younger listeners, you may be thinking, I've never heard of Ava Gardner. Who is Ava Gardner? She's a movie star from long ago. In fact, her first movie, her first major movie was in 1946. Um, We'll get into that as we go along through her, uh, her life. But the thing about this episode is it's going to hit a, a target audience, I think. Because um, Ava Gardner, she she's, like I said, an older actress. These are older movies. Um, a lot of people don't like to see these older movies. Um, also, a lot of people don't really care a whole lot about movies. But she's from North Carolina. She's one of us. And she's really important to, to North Carolina history. And so it was my pleasure to research and cover Ava Gardner. And I think that's a, a good enough place to, to jump right on into it. On Christmas Eve of 1922, Ava Lavinia Gardner came into this world on a tobacco farm down in a place called Grabtown. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, what in the world is Grabtown? Well, I had to look it up myself, and Grabtown is an unincorporated community. Now, I didn't know right away where Grabtown was, but I know all about unincorporated communities. And here's kind of how it works. If, if you're from a, uh, if you live or from a big city or larger city in North Carolina, you may not know much about these, these little communities, but, uh, where I live is considered Chapel Hill, but I'm actually about 12 miles from Chapel Hill. I'm actually 12 miles from everywhere. Um, I'm out in the middle of the sticks, which I love. There's no complaints there, but I'm, I'm living in an unincorporated community. Now, I would love to tell you the name of my unincorporated community, but I have to, to keep some kind of uh, privacy or anonymity, I guess that's a... Anyway, I got on Google Earth and, and typed in Grabtown, and um, it literally took me to a middle of a field. I'm not sure if there's uh, any real businesses in Grabtown anymore, but all my research linked Grabtown with Smithfield. And I'm not trying to take away from Smithfield, but I think Grabtown was actually closer to Edenton. But either way, if you're looking for the Ava Gardner Museum, that is in Smithfield. All right, so like I said, her her parents were tobacco and cotton farmers. But in 1925, at age two, Ava Gardner and her family had to leave Grabtown. And this was because their their barn burned down, and they just didn't have the money to rebuild it. And so they couldn't stay there. And so they packed up, and they moved to Brogdon. Now, Brogdon, it's another community. It's actually closer to Smithfield but it's just south of Goldsboro. Now, I don't think her family had much trouble finding a place to live in Brogdon, but the important thing was that her family found work. You see, I know a lot of people talk about the Roaring Twenties, 
But I think probably in North Carolina's history, a lot of people would tell you that the 20s and 30s were some of the hardest times in our state. And so around this time, you did pretty much whatever you could do to get some some kind of money coming in so you could feed your family. And that's what her parents did. Her dad got a job as the caretaker of a school here, and her mama got a job as the manager of a teacherage facility. And the word teacherage is another word that a lot of you may not be familiar with, but a teacherage facility was just a boarding house for female teachers. Now, in addition to taking care of the school and working at the teacherage, her parents also worked as sharecroppers during this time. And that's another thing about this point in, in history. Um, if you had any amount of land, if you couldn't find a job anywhere, you could at least try to grow and sell something. And so that's exactly what they did. But in 1929, the Great Depression hit. And like everybody, it eventually caught up to them. In December of 1934, the teacherage facility closed, and they were forced to move to Newport News, Virginia. And when they got here, they got jobs in a boarding house for shipyard workers. Now, if they weren't struggling enough already, it got worse in 1938 when her dad died. But after this, they moved back to North Carolina. Now, they moved to uh, Rock Ridge, and this is near Wilson. And her mama got a job, again, managing another teacherage. Now, I said earlier that Ava Gardner was the seventh child in the family. Um, my research said that the mother and Ava returned to North Carolina. I'm not sure where the, the rest of the family was at this point. Um, I'm sure there's a... a pretty widespread age difference between her and her siblings, but everything I read was focused more on Ava and her mother. So in 1939, Ava got her diploma from the Rock Ridge School. Her mama really pushed her to, to, to continue her education, and so after she graduated, she enrolled in the Atlantic Christian College. Now that's Barton College today, and Ava, she started the secretarial program and I know a lot of people might be rolling their eyes and saying, of course, she was going to school to be a secretary. But remember, this was a different time in history, and women just didn't have the same opportunities as men. But something happened in 1939 that would change Ava's life forever. You see, before starting college, she decided to go up to New York City and spend the summer of 1939 with her older sister. Now, her sister's name was Beatrice Gardner, but everybody called her Bappy, and so that's what I'll call her while she's in this story. Bappy was 19 years older than Ava, and she had moved to New York, and she married a photographer named Larry Tarr. Well, it was during this 1939 visit that Larry asked if he could take some photographs of Ava. She agreed to that, and when he got done, he was so happy with the pictures, he decided to blow one up and put it in the window of his Fifth Avenue studio. Now, in this picture that we're talking about, um, Ava, she was, of course, young, and she's wearing a polka-dotted, lace-trimmed dress, and this really wide-brimmed straw hat with a ribbon on it. And um, I'll try to post a picture of that in the show notes. Well, because this picture was in New York City, and it was a, a very large picture, you know, it, it got a lot of attention. Well, eventually, a guy named Barney Duhan saw it. Now, he was an errand boy for the legal department of Lowe's Theater. Well, Barney immediately had a crush on the girl in the picture, and he wanted to take her out on a date. So in an effort to get her phone number, Barney calls up Larry Tarr's photography studio. He pretends to be a scout for Metro Goldwyn Mayer, better known as MGM. He said he had connections and he wanted to set the girl up in the picture with the right people and, you know, gave him a story. Well, the receptionist at Larry Tarr's studio saw right through this, but she played along and she promised that she'd pass Barney's contact information on to Ava. And then, of course, she never did. She did, however, tell Larry and Bappy about what happened. 
And after hearing the story, Larry and Bappy thought it was actually a great idea to submit Ava's picture to MGM, the real MGM, that is. So Larry and Bappy, they got some of the pictures he had taken ready to go, and the next day, Larry actually hand-delivered them to the MGM's New York office. Upon seeing the photos, MGM immediately wanted to give her a screen test. So Ava Gardner left North Carolina for New York again, and Bappy went with her to her interview because she was pretty nervous. Well, a guy named Marvin Schneck gives her a sample script to read, and she begins reading it. Pretty soon, it becomes evident that Marvin can't understand what she's saying because of her thick southern accent. Well, Marvin finds a way around this. He tells her to come on back the next day, and she can do a silent screen test. Well, she did, and she blew everybody away. They said she just lit the, the screen up, and the camera loved her, and you know how the movie, movie folks talk. But everybody fell in love with Ava Gardner very quickly, and MGM offered her a seven-year contract for $50 a week. Well, she agreed, so in 1941, at age 18, Ava Gardner was heading to Hollywood. Now, pretty much as soon as she got there, she was put into the MGM studio system to learn how to be an actress. Now, I tried to look up what all this entailed. I couldn't find a whole lot, but one thing I did read was that she was almost immediately sent to speech lessons to get rid of that pesky southern accent. On her second day in Hollywood, she went to go tour the MGM set for the film Babes on Broadway. While she was on this tour, she met the star of the film, Mickey Rooney. Now, Mickey Rooney was a really big star even way back then. A lot of you younger listeners may have never heard of Mickey Rooney, but if you've seen Night at the Museum with Ben Stiller, well, Mickey Rooney plays Gus, one of the former Night Watchmen. He plays alongside Dick Van Dyke and Bill Cobbs. Well, he noticed Ava Gardner right away and didn't waste any time starting to flirt with her. And I read that she played hard to get for, for a while, and eventually she agreed to go on a date with him. Well, things got pretty serious pretty quick between Ava and Mickey, but she was raised up as a good Christian, and she was not going to lose her virginity until she was married. And so, on January 10th, 1942, Mickey Rooney and Ava Gardner were married. And just as quick, everybody in Hollywood was talking about this new couple. There's a ton of pictures taken of them everywhere, including President Franklin Roosevelt's birthday party. But unfortunately, despite how exciting this may have seemed, the marriage didn't last too long. The next year, on May 21st, 1943, their divorce was finalized. Now, obviously, her life wasn't dedicated to dating movie stars. You know, she was out there to, to try to break into the movies. So let's talk about that for a minute. She spent the first few years playing a lot of really small roles and a lot of roles that she didn't even get credit for. So if you check the International Movie Database, also known as IMDB, uh, her first credit is Girl at Recital. And that was followed by Waitress. And then it goes on like that for a while. Um, girl in Car Lighting Cigarette. Girl at Theater Box Office. Uh, perfume Girl. Now it was during the time that she was playing these small roles that she started her second notable romance. Late in 1944, she was introduced to Artie Shaw by a mutual friend. Now, Artie was a jazz musician. He played the clarinet, and at this time, he had just returned from World War II. And reports say that Ava Gardner instantly fell in love with him. Well, they dated for a few months, and eventually Ava moved in with him. And then on October 17, 1945, they got married at their house in Beverly Hills. Well, their marriage didn't last but a year, or just a little over a year. They were divorced on October 25th, 1946. Now, this could have been because of the 13-year age gap. She was 22, he was 35. Um, it was also his fifth marriage. So um, he's he's had a few wives under his belt. But I can also imagine uh, him being a, a famous musician and her being a, a up-and-coming actress. 
you know, uh, it probably wasn't easy for him to maintain a relationship. And I actually don't think that's changed all that much out in Hollywood. I mean, look how, how quick celebrity couples get together and, and divorce and it's a mess out there. Well, close to the same time that her divorce with Artie was finalized, her career really started taking off. By this time, she had played the background role in about 20 films. But what kicked off her career was that in 1946, MGM loaned her out to Universal Studios. They were doing an adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's short story, The Killers. The synopsis of this movie is, Two professional killers invade a small town and kill a gas station attendant called The Swede. An insurance investigator named Reardon pursues the case against the orders of his boss. Weaving together threads of the Swede's life, Reardon uncovers a complex tale of treachery and crime. All of this is linked with the gorgeous and mysterious Kitty Collins. Well, Kitty Collins was played, of course, by Ava Gardner, and this was Burt Lancaster's film debut. And I'm not going to give you a rundown of every actor and actress she ever meets, but Burt, Burt Lancaster is a, a pretty big deal in Hollywood, too. Well, the killers ended up blowing up. It made so much more money than they thought it would. So this kind of launched her career. Also, what helped was pretty much as soon as this movie wrapped, she was cast in a movie called Whistle Stop. And that movie also turned out to be a huge success. And so very quickly, she was cast next to Clark Gable in The Hucksters. And if you don't know who Clark Gable is, I don't know why you're listening to this episode. Now, at some point during all this, she would begin a relationship that was probably the greatest one in her life. Back when she was married to Mickey Rooney, she met a guy named Frank Sinatra. Well, in 1949, at a party, the two would meet again. They really kind of hit it off at this party. And it wasn't long after Frank divorced his wife, Nancy, that Frank and Ava got married. And this wedding was on November 7th, 1951. Well, they had a rocky marriage the whole time, and it was a pretty public rocky marriage. I mean, they kind of dated in secret, but once their relationship came out, uh, they would argue in public in front of everybody. There was uh, uh, accusations of cheating, and it probably didn't help that they both liked to drink, and they were both kind of the jealous type anyway. Well, obviously, they couldn't reconcile their differences, and their divorce was finalized on July 5th, 1957. And for years after this, Ava Gardner and Frank Sinatra, they would reconcile and kind of get back together and then they'd fight and split up again, um, but they never were married again. After the divorce, Ava Gardner still made movies, but she became a lot more selective about what movies she chose to be in. And I also read that she did a lot more character acting during this time. So she appeared in On the Beach in 1959, Seven Days in May in 1964, and also in 1964, she appeared in The Night of the Iguana, which is a Tennessee Williams story. In the 70s and the 80s, she mostly appeared in genre films, and she did a lot of work with like disaster and horror movies. She was in Earthquake in 1974, The Cassandra Crossing in 1976, and The Sentinel in 1977. So as you can see, she, she stayed pretty busy. Now let's take a little step back for a second. In 1951, Ava Gardner visited Europe for the first time. She was there to film a movie called The Flying Dutchman, and she would later say that this experience changed her life. She really loved it over there. So at age 33, she made way for Madrid, Spain. And she loved Spain, and she stayed over there for over 10 years. But she changed gears again when she moved in 1968 to London, England. And this is where she would stay for the rest of her life. Now, she did come home for work or to make public appearances, and she would come back to North Carolina to, to visit her family. But she never lived over here again. 
Her health really started declining in the late 80s. In 1986, she suffered a stroke. She passed away on January 25th, 1990, from pneumonia. Well, they sent her body home, and she was buried in the Gardner family plot at Smithfield's Somerset Memorial Park Cemetery. And this is only about a mile from the Ava Gardner Museum in Smithfield that I had mentioned earlier. And uh, that's all I have on Ava Gardner. I will admit this is a hard one to research because uh, her movies are a little outside of my scope. I had to sit down and, and pull up some footage and stuff, but it was definitely fun research. But I, I'll also admit that uh, any research I do for a listener request is, is always fun. I feel like I'm providing some sort of service here. So um, I love listener requests. And I love re- researching the listener request. And if you would like to request an episode or just reach out and say hello, you can do that at www.thencaverythingpodcast.com. And you can click the contact button there and that'll uh, tell you everything you need to know about getting a hold of me. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And especially follow my Facebook group, The NC Everything Podcast. Thank you again, Rip, from Smithfield for suggesting this episode. And I'll talk to you guys next time. The music in this episode comes from ArchesAudio.com and FreePD.com. <laughs>